And our gospel reading today from Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 8, reading 4 to 15. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from the town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, Who has ears? Let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what the parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The one along the path, the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and a good heart, and they bear fruit with patience. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. O Lord, open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of your law. Speak, O Lord, for your servants listen. And now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our only redeemer. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our parable today, this parable of the four soils, is uh, very fitting for the season of the church year that we find ourselves in. We are in the Gisema Sundays. Uh, we had Septuagisema last week, Sexagisema today, and Quinquagisema next week. If nothing else, they're fun to say. And uh, these, are, these are seasons that prepare us for Lent. We're coming up to the Lenten season, a season of wilderness, a season of temptation, a season of repentance, a season of reckoning very seriously with our own corruption. And we've moved from Epiphany, this season of, of thinking about our Lord's uh, coming into the world, and we're going into Lent as we ponder the cause of His coming, why it is that He had to come in the first place, namely our misery and our corruption. And our passage today helps us in this way, and it can be read in a number of ways. There are facets to our parable today, and it can render or it can provide a number of readings. Our parable can be read in the wrong way. We don't want to do that. It can be twisted to make Scripture speak with the voice of a Pelagian. All you need is a good heart. 
All you need is some good soil, and the Lord can save you. And the flip side of that, unfortunately, uh, this Pelagian reading, this Pelagian gospel, is this, all those hard, all those stony paths, all those rebellious hearts and impenitent sinners, God is powerless to change. And so the gospels turn topsy-turvy, and the Lord comes to save the righteous, and he passes by hardened sinners of the hard soil. The parable of the four soils can be preached like that, and I've heard it preached like that. I've heard it preached like that in my presence to my great dismay. I read a great line about Pelagianism this week. It was uh, by J.I. Packer, and he wrote it in an article in 1955 in the Evangelical Quarterly. And the whole article landed like a bombshell in England at the time. Packer waded waist-deep into the whole evangelical circuit of England, and in this article, he said, essentially, your, your, your theology of salvation is, is impoverished, and it's weak, and it's attenuated, and you make God very small, <laughs> he said. And all of, all of the evangelical word, world in England was, was totally scandalized and shocked that he said these things. But in the article, he has a very, very good line. Pelagianism, he says, is the natural heresy of zealous Christians who are not interested in theology. <laughs> That's a keeper. That's something to put on a mug or on a t-shirt. We want to hear this passage today without hearing the Pelagian error that the precondition to human salvation is a good heart. We don't want to hear that from this parable. All you need is a good heart and the Lord can save you because Jesus came to save the worst kind of soil, the most unfruitful, the most unproductive, barren, and diseased plot of land. That's what Jesus came to say. This is Isaiah. He comes to the wilderness. He comes to the barrenness, and he makes that a flourishing garden. That's the gospel, and we can never lose that gospel. And we don't want to read this parable in any way that loses the gospel. But the parable does challenge us. And we shouldn't read this parable from the perspective of the good soil and say, well, by grace, I'm the good soil, and therefore those first three troubling pictures don't apply to me. Those first three troubling pictures have nothing to do with me, a man of the good soil. And so today I want to, to think very briefly with you, especially as we approach the season of Lent of examining ourselves, I want you to think about this parable in the way it speaks to us as warning. Because if this parable is saying anything to us today, it's warning us that there are certain things in this life that threaten the seed of the kingdom. There are certain things in this life that work against the seed, and we are fools to think that we can walk through this life carelessly, careless to the enemies of the seed, and still remain spiritually active and spiritually vital. We are fools. Just like I'd be a fool to try and grow a patch of grass in my backyard indifferent to the fact that there are very real things in this life that want desperately to stop the growth of my grass seed. They're out to stop it. Jesus wants us to grow. He wants us to grow 30, 
60, 100 fold. This is John 15. This is my Father's will for you, that you bear fruit and much fruit for his glory. But growth comes from the seed. And the seed we learn today has enemies. And so Jesus takes special care to warn us, to warn us of those things that threaten the growth of the seed. And there are three things, especially three dangers. And this whole theme of dangers is very, very carefully matched together, paired in our lectionary. We heard that word from Paul, danger, danger, danger again and again. And there are three dangers in particular in this parable. Birds, drought, and weeds. Three things that are against the seed. In this land, I want all of us, myself included, to be thinking about birds and drought and weeds. And I want us to listen closely to Jesus, to his warning that if we are careless about these things, we will not grow the way he wants us to, if we remain cavalier about these enemies. And so today I'm going to focus not on all three, but, but on the first of these, of these enemies, to, to focus exclusively on his first warning, the warning of birds. Now Jesus has a lot of pleasant things to say about birds, a lot of nice things to say about birds, but here birds are not very pleasant things. Every spring, I, I try to repair the grass in my backyard. Winter is a tyrant. Winter comes with a great hammer and blasts my backyard. And I try every spring to repair what's being damaged. And every year, my yard is plagued with birds. They're little birds. They're cute little birds. They seem so innocent. But they swarm and they gobble up my seed. I call them little demons. Every year, the demons are back, I say. And I have this little clapper. It's like a little, little wooden castanet on a handle. And I, I shake it at my window whenever they come. And it scares them away quite effectively. But I have to keep at it. Or they, they keep coming back. And that may seem humorous. And it is humorous. But every farmer who knows... The, the, whole, uh, the whole process of growing things, and who's trying to make a living for his family. He knows the peril of birds. And living in Kelowna, we're in the heart of orchard country. We're in the heart of growing country. The signs of the danger are everywhere, right? We see the nets on the trees. We see the streamers from the trees to scare off the birds. We hear the pop and the blow of the propane cannons in the orchards. I hear it from my house every hour. Boom, as that propane cannon is trying to scare off the birds. Why? Well, because the enemy is real. And Jesus says very plainly to us today that the enemy is real. The enemy, he says, is the devil, the evil one. And what he does is this. He steals the word of God from people's hearts. His ploy is to keep you from the Word of God. And he's very, very good at it. He's got thousands of methods, practiced over thousands of years, methods that are uniquely suited to your personality, methods to keep the Word of God out of your heart. And if he can, he'll keep you from reading the Bible in the first place. He'll give you a whole list of things to do before you can even think about opening your Bible. 
You'll wake up on any given day and the evil one flies down onto your lawn looking for seed to devour, encouraging you to check your phone and read your emails, telling you to surf your social networks, anything but this secret place, anything but that place where you go to meet with God and hear his voice. And if a thought crosses your mind, he'll fill you. He's very good at this. He'll fill you with dread and loathing at the very thought of spending time in the Word. He'll argue with you that reading the Bible is a boring thing, that it's a dry thing, that it's an unnecessary thing, that there are 101 more compelling and important things to do for you. And if you happen to get past all of these hurdles on any given day, if you push through and you open the Word of God, He'll keep doing the one thing that He's out to do, which is to prevent the Bible from getting into your heart. He won't give up. He never, ever gives up. Just like those birds who continually drop back on my lawn. He will pepper you with distractions. He'll move your mind to wander, or he'll encourage in you a perfunctory spirit. I'll just have to get through my chapter today. Just got to read this chapter today while I'm eating my cereal, cross it off my list, done. Did my devotions, on to the next thing. No sincere prayer before the word of the Lord and before the Lord of the word. Oh Lord, today, Search me and know me. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me, O oh God, and by your word today, lead me in the way everlasting. No prayer like Moses before the Lord. O oh Lord, show me your glory. Holy Spirit, today, show me the glory of Jesus. Nothing like that. The devil's quite content for a perfunctory mechanical routine just to say that we've got it done, just to cross it off our list. You see, the devil has many ways to steal the Word of God out of our hearts. Or perhaps he'll do this, one of my, one of my favorites. He'll, he'll tempt you to vanity. Perhaps he'll convince you that it would be a good idea to take a picture of your devotional life. Take a picture of your Bible reading so that then you can post it and practice your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. And so deny the Lord who tells us plainly not to do that. The devil wants to keep the Word of God out of your heart because you can't grow without it. The great lie of the devil, my brothers and sisters, is that you can grow as a Christian without reading his Word every day. Brothers and sisters, you cannot do it. You will not grow before the Lord without the Word every day. There is no growth without the Word of the Lord. Jesus' parable today tells us we need the seed. Jesus' parable tells us we need the seed. There's only one path to growing like a strong tree. There's only one way set out by the Lord. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, 
nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight, her delight, is on the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And he's like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither in all that this person does. This person, he prospers because his delight is in the word day and night. That is the biblical pattern for growth, and it's a lie from the evil one that it can be otherwise. It's a lie from the devil straight from the pit that you can hate sin and love righteousness without being in the word every day. It's a lie that you can understand yourself, that you can know yourself or understand God or understand his world, that you can really repent and really believe without hiding the word of God in your heart every day. It's a lie that you can understand the dangers of the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of living, without being bathed and washed in the scripture every day. And it's a lie that we can really believe the gospel, that we can really cherish the gospel, the pearl of great price, and really live for the kingdom of God. Live in the way that Jesus preached, losing our life for his sake. It's a lie that we can believe these things and live these things without meditating on the word of God day and night. It is the devil's most pernicious lie. And he will come to you again and again and whisper that in your heart. You don't need this, he'll say. And Jesus says to us today so very clearly, without the seed, you cannot grow. And the devil knows it. And he wants to take it out of our hearts. You see, the scriptures, Paul says, the scriptures make us wise for salvation. All scripture is breathed out by God so that we may be trained in righteousness, so that we may be competent for every good work that God prepares for us. Like newborn babes, Peter says, like newborn babes, desire, long for it, he says, long for the pure spiritual milk. Why? Long for it so that you may grow. God had great plans for Joshua. God had great plans for Israel under Joshua, but there was only one path to the blessing and to the triumph and to the fruit that he desired for his people. God says, Joshua, I'm sending you across the Jordan. I'm sending you to the land that I prepared for my people. Be strong and courageous, Joshua, and do not turn to the right. And do not turn to the left. This book shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. How often? You shall meditate on this book day and night so that you may obey my word, and then your way shall be prosperous. And then you will have good success. It's quite simple for the devil, you see. It's quite simple to stunt a person's growth in the Lord. Just keep the word of God out of their hearts. 
Just keep the word of God off their laps. That's all that he has to do. Just convince you to not read the word. Just keep the searchlight of scripture out of your heart and out of all those dark places that you can't see on your own. It's all that he has to do to a church. It's all that he has to do to a, a, a community of churches. Just convince them to put the Bible aside. Focus on something else for the week. Brothers and sisters, today I want you to listen to the warning of Jesus. And as we walk through Lent this year, I want us to listen, all of us, to the warning of Jesus. And there are other important warnings here. Warnings about the riches of life, the pleasures of life. Warning about drought and time of testing. Listen to these warnings too, but today, listen to Jesus' warning about the devil. Do not underestimate the evil one. Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. Don't forget about the devil. And you wake, when, when you wake up in the morning, one of the first things you should say to yourself is this, if you're in the habit of speaking to yourself, which is not a bad thing, say to yourself, there's an evil one. And he is waiting to keep the word of God out of my heart. He has been watching me all night long. And his goal this day, his infernal resolve is to keep the Bible out of my heart. Warn yourself with the warning of Jesus, and then the devil comes and he takes the word away from their hearts. Believe that he comes to do the same to you every day. And brothers and sisters, resist the devil. This is scripture's, uh, scripture's uh, command to us. It's what Peter says to the church. Resist the evil one. You need to shake your rattle. Whatever it is, scare the birds away with some loud noise. Declare something that the evil one doesn't want to hear. If you have to shout something out, shout it out. But shake your rattle at the evil one every day and say out loud with the psalmist, O oh Lord, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. I rise at dawn and I cry for help. I put my hope then in your words. And my eyes are awake before the watches of the night so that I may meditate on your promise day and night. Brothers and sisters, hear the words of Jesus today. Resist the devil. Shut the door. Get alone with God and say to him, Here am I, O Lord. Speak for your servant listens. There's an old hymn that I used to sing. If I can remember it, I don't know. But it's something defective. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Oh, what words I hear him say. Happy place, so near, so precious. May it find me there each day. Brothers and sisters, Jesus says that this good soil, where the word of God falls, where the word of God comes, where the seed stays, this bears incredible fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold. And part of the process for us of getting to this place of the good soil is reckoning 
with these very real threats and very real dangers that will do all they can to keep us from being a people who are all about the seed. And so I pray that all of us would hear Jesus today and that we would give ourselves afresh and anew to the importance of being a seed-bearing people and a seed-bearing soil. And so would you pray, would you pray with me today as we move, as we move on? O oh Lord, help us today to hear your holy gospel, to be alert to an enemy who wants to destroy our souls, to resist him in the faith, and to give ourselves to your most holy word day and night. We pray this for we have no strength in ourselves, but we, we rely entirely upon your grace. O oh Lord, make us the good soil full of the seed of your word that bears 30, 60, and 100 fold, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.